The sound of the Amis tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us on Radio Taiwan International. I'm Shirley Lin, bringing you 50 minutes of English language features. Up ahead in today's program, we have what do we have? Oh yeah, your music yeah, program, yeah. Behind, Behind the, the Beats, Beats. <laughs> by Emma Benek. But anyway, uh, first we're going to begin with here in Taiwan. Hello there. Today is December 14, and you're listening to here in Taiwan Radio Taiwan International. But if you are joining us uh, through radio or um, Facebook, no, shortwave, shortwave, <laughs> then it would actually be December 15. Anyway, I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm joined now in the studio by Emma Benek. Hey, everybody. So today we're going to be looking at a couple of interesting stories here. Um, I've got one about this teen pilot. Um, she's a Belgian background, and um, she's flying solo across the globe and landed in Taiwan today. Uh, I think she would have landed by now, about noontime. And um, she's she's doing this to set some Guinness Book records. So very interesting. We can definitely talk about that. Also, um, Emma has a story about the fact that uh, Philippines and Taiwan could be starting a travel bubble in 2022. Yay. And I also have another kind of not so fortunate story about a sniper who got discharged for, for having three bullets in his luggage. Yeah, we'll get to details about that, mm -hmm. just what, what happened or anything like that. So stay tuned. Alrighty, so this teen uh, is goes by the name. Let's see here. Um, her name is Zara Rutherford. She's of British and Belgium background, and she supposedly was trying this uh, Guinness Book Records. Actually, for two records though. Um, yeah, one is you know as the youngest woman to fly around the world solo. And the other is, um, what's the other, hold on. The other is also the youngest to, oh, uh, to fly using a light, micro light aircraft. So um, she's 19 years old. And I actually, certainly wasn't doing that when I was 19. I know, right? Um, and she is actually the daughter of two pilots. So I guess that's understandable why she has this, you know, uh, interest in flying. Yeah, I was wondering a lot about her parents. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, it's brave of her to go on this trip. But mm -hmm. also I feel for her parents like being so nervous all the time. I know, right? I like, think it's dangerous, mm -hmm. to be honest. Um, she's actually called this adventure flying Zolo, taking after her name. So, you know, like, um, what was it? Zara, right? Mm -hmm. Zara Rutherford. So flying Zolo. Um, she's like I said, she's 19 years old. She has this um, custom-made shark ultralight plane. 
I don't know how much you know about planes, but I、uh, don't know what that、yeah. is. So、um, she's been flying for a while because she was she actually arrived from Seoul in Taipei, and、um, at the Songshan Airport, which is right in Taipei City, not the one that's like out in Taoyuan, which takes like about an hour drive to get into Taipei City.、Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, she's transported. She was. Tra- she would have been transported to a quarantine center, but、um, she only has to spend one night before flying on to the next、uh, destination, which is the Philippines.、Mm-hmm. And because she's just following foreign flight uh, crew uh, transiting through Taiwan protocol, so she just has to spend one night. Lucky her. Well, I mean, obviously, it's obviously. I mean, if she's like making a global round, she can't be quarantining fourteen、yeah. days at every place that you know that she's flying to. Hopefully, she gets to at least try some nice Taiwanese food while she's here. Oh yeah, I bet you know the government would arrange that for her, right? So definitely, you have to eat some of the good food here. You can't just leave without. Yeah, otherwise, it doesn't count as you being in Taiwan. I wonder how she's funding this whole trip, though. I it imagine it must、say. be very expensive. I'm curious about this too. Now,、um, originally, she was going to complete this whole trip before Christmas, but there were delays due to COVID restrictions、mm-hmm. at all the different countries that she was, you know, landing in.、Um, so the whole flight is actually five hundred ten thousand kilometers. And she started. Oh, she started August eighteenth、um, from Belgium. So her flight actually spans five continents and fifty-two countries. And、um, she hasn't stopped in all fifty-two countries, has she?、Um, I don't know.、Um, I don't know when she's going to end. Now, I mean, she was trying to finish this whole thing before Christmas, but now it looks like it's not happening. So I don't、mm-hmm. know. It doesn't say. Um, I guess she's afraid to say that, like you know, exactly when, because sometimes delays, things happen. Yeah, don't、right? need any added pressure on right, yourself right? when you're flying so high up in the、yeah. in the sky. Yeah, exactly. And and she's not making a Guinness Book record for like you know in short short like in how many days、mm-hmm. that she's going to do this.、Um, the current record was actually held by an Afghan American pilot who accomplished the feat at the age of thirty in twenty seventeen. That's a big jump she's making from thirty、yeah. all of a sudden down to nineteen. So, so she sees that she can do this because she's much younger than the previous record holder.、Um, she's doing this to encourage girls and young women to pursue their dreams, and she also has the goals of reducing the gender gap in aviation as well as science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Do you know what it spells? To spells as STEM. It, do you know about that? Oh, of course I know about that. Yeah.、Stem. Oh, okay. <laughs> You're looking at me like you know、oh, what is that? Because <laughs> I don't. I I've heard about it. I、mm-hmm. don't really know much about it. But yeah, there's lots of STEM scholarships、uh, in in the U.S. because they're really、right. trying to push more students into that, especially girls, because it's mostly、oh. a male-dominated field.、Oh, okay. Okay. I get it. So this is especially for, talking about women, right? Uh, STEM, STEM. No. Oh, but. but But I'm just saying, like in general, the fields of science, technology, engineering, and, and math, math don't have anywhere near as many women.、Ah. Uh, like I had some friends, and also my sister actually, she studied engineering, and <sighs> I think it was like maybe three quarters of her classes were males. Oh wow! Well, I I'm going to say this very quickly because I want you to forget it. I actually double majored in economics and math. Okay, really? Oh wow! <laughs> I totally. Flopped in that mathematics. I mean, here was the thing. I used to be really bad at math when I was like in elementary school, junior high. So was my brother. My dad actually hired、uh, a tutor and tutored us in math. 
And he was also a music conductor, like mm-hmm. orchestra conductor. Really interesting guy. He's a short Japanese guy because I used to live in Japan, and、um, in Tokyo. And so from then on, our math just went way up. We we're like top in the class. Wow! And then I remember、you、need to get this tutor's phone number. No, 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 no! Don't, don't. That's why I said, you know, I want you to forget what I said,、um, because then you know, in class, all my class would come to me with math problems. So when I went to college, I thought, hey, you know, it's common back then already to have double majors. So I thought, oh, economics,、eh. and I thought, well, why don't I add math? Because I love math. Well, it turned out that in college, math becomes like all theoretical classes. Oh yeah, it's just, like how it's do you prove everything、theory. that we take for granted? Because did I say that because I just love you know like solving equations? That that's what I thought. Oh, I'm good at math, but.、Mm-hmm. It was all theory in college, so I totally like, yeah. Don't ask me how I did. So yeah, but <laughs> I mean, you graduated, is, so that's, I, that's yeah,、something. I did, I did, not very, not with very good grades, but yes, I did. So yeah, well, and anyway, now you're here hosting a radio show that has nothing to do with mathematics or <laughs> nothing, economics, exactly. And I kind of just accidentally, you know, fell on this job really, and、um, I'm loving it. You know, it's been sixteen and a half years at RTI, by the way. As opposed to Emma, not even a year yet, and she's、yeah. loving it too, right? Yeah, right? I really do love it here. I guess this、yeah. is like three and a half, half no, four and a half months. Four and a half months now. Wow, time flies. Time really flies. Yeah, four and a half months. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, I would never do something like this because, like, what Zara's doing because it's just too scary. And besides the fact that she's a woman, and anything can happen. Flying solo is so lonely, and. I I would absolutely just fall into depression, <laughs> especially at night when you're flying at night. You don't know where you're going. You know you you can't really see clearly in the dark, and you're by yourself for so many hours up in the air. I really don't. I I can't see myself doing that. I wonder what she does to pass the time. Like if she has to be a hundred percent focused all the time up in the air, or is it like? Driving、yeah. a car, where obviously you have to be focused, but you can listen to music or podcasts and、yeah. stuff. And right, yeah, I don't know how much of your attention flying requires, but、oh. I imagine quite a lot. And um, what if you get tired? Like, there's no room to like. You can't like. It's not like being a pilot. Yeah, it's not like if you're driving a car, you can just oh, like pull off to pull a little side, side road.、Right? Like I imagine she has to alert like every country that she is、how、going she to be landing.、That? Every it's. Maybe, I'm very impressed. Maybe chewing on beetle nuts、oh, <laughs> on the、no. hour. Yeah, maybe that's what she picked up while she was in Taiwan. <laughs> beetle nuts. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing here.、Um, these, it's a very fibrous little nut, and they actually add tar to it. It's used as a stimulant, especially among truck drivers around Taiwan.、Mm-hmm. And Taiwan is a small country, but driving around the island, I don't know. Maybe take a. Well, if from north to south, it's like five six hours drive,、mm-hmm. and you just need stimulants. But yeah,、um, they're they're gross. You know, you chew. <laughs> Have you ever tried、it. a beetle nut? I try. You know, Natty and I tried to chew through one. Really, I couldn't even get through it. I I couldn't bite into it because it was、uh, so fibrous, so so hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know that Thomas tried our other colleague. And but the thing is that then your mouth gets all bloody. Oh yeah,、red. it gets so red. It's not actual blood. blood it's just like so red and like it stains your teeth. It's just like、ugh. yeah. And actually, it's not good for you. Yeah,、uh, apparently yeah. it can cause oral cancer.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you see like stains on the ground, all these red spots, you know, bloody stains. There are people who spit the the juice out on the street. Yeah, it's not nice. I think they pretty much cleaned that up now. But anyway. 
So, all right. Well, yeah, we have that's a few uh, comments oh, oh, yeah. from this story. Uh, let's see. So, Nazir Aziz, uh, he said that, yeah, he's talking about how um, he thought it was cool that she, uh, like Zara, inherited these skills from her parents. Um, and he also asks if this is my voice. Uh, yes, this is my voice. <laughs> and he wants to know where Natalie is. Natalie is actually meeting with a very cool photographer that we're going to be working with from National Geographic. So yeah. that's pretty... We're having a workshop after this. Yeah. So stay tuned for more RTI videos coming up in the future. Uh, future because hopefully we'll get to be employing some of these techniques that he teaches us yeah hopefully we'll do better videos yes all right should we go on to the next story uh yeah sounds good all right well i'm excited to hear about this philippines taiwan bubble me too i like the idea of travel bubbles have you ever been to the philippines i'm trying to think i'm trying to think i'm trying to think have i ever I think yes, I have. Yes, I have. I have. I in fact, um, I went there for my honeymoon. Oh. I went to the Boracay. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, at the time, at the time, it was one of five most beautiful beaches in the world. Oh at my the god! Time. Wow, was it really clean and beautiful at the it time? It was. It was very nice. We actually went. What do you call it? Um, when you swim naked. Oh, skinny <laughs> dipping. Skinny dipping. <laughs> Wow, surely. Uh-huh. Well, honeymoon, living on the wild you know? side. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it's very nice. But right now, I think it's totally run over by tourists, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because we're talking about 30 years ago when, when I went on the honeymoon. Anyway, yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, so anyway, the Philippines, um, I mean, it's not official yet, but an official from their tourism bureau says that they really hope that they can establish a travel bubble with Taiwan starting next year. Um like the Philippines, they say they have a very high rate of vaccination and Taiwan is building up its vac- vaccination rate every single day. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, so bit by bit, um, they hope especially that people from Taiwan can visit places like uh, you said Boracay, um, and because they said that the tourism workers there are already fully vaccinated. So it seems like it's a pretty ideal situation for uh, Taiwan and the Philippines. They're really close to each other. And yeah, I mean, it's both places, uh, the islands that they were mentioning, they have lots of white beaches, tropic scenery, uh, you can go snorkeling, scuba diving. So it just sounds like so much fun. And just, I don't know, I, I feel like people must be dying to get out of Taiwan. Not that it's not great here, but just to go out and get to see some more of the world like we haven't seen in several years. So um, yeah. the Philippines, I feel like would be a nice like small step forward to starting to open up to more international travel right so have you been to the philippines no i was uh-huh. supposed to go oh. in march of 2020 i was like looking for the tickets and everything i have some friends from there from when oh. i studied chinese in tainan okay and they moved back to the philippines and i was like oh i have a two-week break from school perfect to go visit and then like covid just kind of blew up and then like the Philippines was blocking flights and then they weren't, but then Taiwan wasn't going to let people go or like it was going to be hard to come back. So I ended up not being able to go, but I was like doing so much research about it and it just seems like such a beautiful place to go. And Mm. I I really hope that I can go in the future. Yeah. Well, Barack has a beautiful beach. It it was back then. Uh, I'm sure it still is. There was a time when actually they closed it because it was getting too polluted. And the president, President Duterte, 
um, he ordered like clothes down and just clean it up and all that kind of stuff. So, but um, now it's reopened. Um, I think they they are allowing a limited number of tourists in right at a time, one at a time. I know this because I'm actually do a program on you know where I cover like Filipino news stories. Oh yeah, it's for the um, well, it's it's for fisheries agency in Taiwan and. Um, they want us to provide programs uh, for all the fishermen who work out at sea on Taiwanese boats. And um, but then we're talking about, you know, like migrant workers who are from the Philippines, you know, from Indonesia, from Vietnam on these boats. And of course, there's no Internet out on the sea. So they figured that maybe we could, you know, offer these kind of programs. I don't even know how many people actually listen to our programs, though. There's no way of knowing, you know. Yeah, like that's, they can't. that's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... So I, I kind of learned quite a bit about the Philippines, you know, yeah. But anyway, yeah, it would be great if we have uh, more, not just only the Philippines, but more of, you know, these other countries who want yeah. to go into does, a travel bubble with does us. Does Taiwan still have a travel bubble with Palau? Palau? I think we do. Yeah. Except that there aren't that many people going still, but wait a minute. I think they had some incentives. What was it now? Oh, because originally they said that um, you could only go if... Um, Oh man, you 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 can go even if it's not just to get the vaccine because originally when we weren't getting that many vaccines in Taiwan, they were opening up for people to go just to get vaccinated and you know tour around the country at the same time, the island. But now it's like you know um, you you don't even have to be vaccinated and go or something like that, and don't even have to get vaccinated while there. Or oh something really? Like that. Like, it's not exclusive reason for going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, anyway, I don't know. I think I, you still have to quarantine for a bit of time, like at least when you get back to Taiwan. And I know for, I mean, maybe I think it was a shortened period, maybe five days of quarantine, which is definitely better than two weeks. But oh yeah, still, I just feel like it's such a, it eats up so much of your time. Yeah, I know. Right. Yeah, you're right. It was a shortened um, quarantine. Maybe. No, no, it's, um, we're talking about quarantine if you're coming back to Taiwan from yeah. Palau, mm-hmm. right? But um, um, I think at the, I, I, I suppose that the package is still quite expensive going yeah. to Palau. Palau so is not exactly why... Taiwan's next door neighbor. It's <laughs> a little further away than that. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the Philippines, I mean, it's, I think the weather weather-wise is probably similar to Taiwan. It's all mm-hmm. kind of subtropical, I think it would be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a little south of here. Yeah, um, so... But anyway, well, hopefully that your dream will come true that, yes. you know, once we, you know, like all these restrictions are loosened and everything, you really, really do get to go to the Philippines. Yeah. I think but, my, um, my family will be a little disappointed if I choose to go traveling to other countries before I go home and see them because I haven't seen them in like two and a half years. But uh, the Philippines yeah. is definitely high up on my list. <laughs> okay. Before I continue, are there any comments from anybody? Um, Nazir Aziz, uh, he asked which thing, uh, like what part of the Philippines fascinated you the most like, during your visit? Well, uh, Boracay. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was both Bar- it was Boracay and Manila, the capital. And I is, was just is there Manila to like a, is it a similar atmosphere as Taipei or uh, no? Not when I was there, which was probably like twenty years ago, and um um. I actually would. I, I was there for a conference, so I really didn't see much of the city itself. I thought you were there for your honeymoon. Oh, Barakai was. 
Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? It was like a spiritual experience because what I mean <laughs> is that part of the part of honeymoon, I also went to this conference in Manila for four days, what? and then I and then I continued my honeymoon to Thailand, and we went to Phuket mm-hmm. in Thailand, and and then two more stops. I mean, and then last stop was Hong Kong to get some home appliances <laughs> before we headed home. Oh, so okay. it was a two week honeymoon. What do you mean trip. home appliances? Were I there mean, things that you I couldn't... I forgot what I got, but I actually... Couldn't get we, in Taiwan? No, because they were probably cheaper in Hong Kong. Oh, I see. So I figured that um, that I would get some there mm-hmm. and start a new home. Oh, <laughs> so, that's nice. I know. So anyway. All right. Well, um, my last story is about this sniper. Um, an army sniper. He was discharged from the military and is actually also facing an investigation right now. Because um, he was found with three bullets in his luggage by Taichung Airport Police before taking a flight to Jingmen in October. So this all happened in October. Um, this corporal is named Chen, surname is Chen, who actually had been serving under the Army's Aviation and Special Forces Command in Jingmen, which is an offshore island of Taiwan. And, um, and, but then he was dishonorably discharged on November 10th after the police found three 5.56 millimeter rifle bullets. I'm saying this because some of you probably know more about bullets <laughs> and you wonder what kind of bullets a they bullet are. A bullet is a bullet to me. <laughs> to me, same here. And um, so what happened was that he was one of several military snipers chosen to participate in a sniper shooting training session um, in Taizong City in September. Um, he did really well during the session. So he decided to keep three bullets that he had not be fired um, during the session as souvenirs to so take home as souvenirs. This is so funny. Um, he was supposed to keep the bullets at his home in Taizong, but he forgot to take them out of his luggage. So he ended up, you know, with these three bullets in his luggage while he was flying to another place. And this is yikes! <laughs> this is embarrassing. This is very unfortunate. Um, you know, th- talking about souvenirs, I mean. During COVID, when we were like, you know, level three, we were like home all the time. I started decluttering my house, mm-hmm. and which is great. But the thing is that you come across these souvenirs that you thought, oh, this is precious. I'm going to keep it. But two or three years later, or maybe even longer, I don't know how long I've had them in the drawers, <laughs> collecting dust. And I'm thinking like, uh, why did I even think about keeping this? It's like, it's it doesn't worth anything now. At least at the time I was excited, but now it's like, why did I even do that, you know? Yeah, I mean, at, at the most, though, they cost you some money. These souvenirs cost him his career that he oh, was yeah. working on. It's... I know, I know. But um, but then I was thinking about souvenirs. I mean, he probably, after two or three years later, you know, he he, he opens the drawer and you see these three bullets. Would he really think that they're most, I mean, really as precious as the time when he got them? Yeah, you know what I mean. Not. I mean, so, he probably has a, a lot of other memories from right <laughs> from his experiences, from his military experiences. Yeah, but I was just thinking, yeah, that's just how I felt. I mean, you know, a lot of times you think that it's great at the time, it's precious, but after some time, you take them out of the drawer, take them out of your chest, and then you see, ah, that's how I that's how I would feel about souvenirs now. You know, because I loved it when I decluttered my house. Mm-hmm. Um, and my daughter was saying that you know like even photos, old photos, and there'll be stacks of them. I've got photo albums everywhere, all these small ones. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it's a whole drawer, no, two or three drawers of it. And you're thinking, like, what to do? And she says, oh, I would throw them away. Take a picture what? of the ones that you think are precious. Take pictures, okay? I would take pictures of all of it. Like clearly if you put them in a book, they must be like nice to look back at now. Yeah, you know, now I feel like 
it wouldn't be as precious to me if it's kept in my mobile than the real thing in this al- al- in the album and paper and the smell of you know the paper and all mm-hmm. that. Yeah, that's how I feel now. So now I've still got all the stacks of albums in my drawer, not knowing what to do, but they're just going to be there. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, maybe wait until I retire. I'll be flipping through the pictures and then they would be precious. I feel like they're valuable again, right? Yeah, I'd like to do scrapbooking at some point. It sounds nice to look back at. Maybe something to do at retire? No. Uh, I'll, I'll probably wait. <laughs> have to wait many years for that. But <laughs> anyway. Hopefully in the near future. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you so much. That's all we have for you for here in Taiwan, though. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm Emma Banak. But do stay tuned because we've got Behind the Beats coming right up. Oh, yeah. Listening to Behind the Beats with me, Emma Banak, and today I'm going to be sharing one of my new recent favorite Taiwanese bands with you. So the band for today, which you just heard a little intro by them, is called Sweet John, which is kind of an interesting name for a band. Um, the name of the band is actually inspired by the term "Dear John" letter, which, like a Dear John letter, is meant to symbolize. Coming to the end of a relationship, I guess, like as if you were writing a letter to someone named John and breaking up with them.、Uh, I guess I've heard this used before, both in I believe there's a romantic drama by the name of Dear John, and also a little side note, I happen to be a longtime Taylor Swift fan, and she also has a song called Dear John. On one of her albums, so although Sweet John might sound like kind of a random name, it's not that uncommon, I guess, for musicians or directors to make a nod to this idea of what happens at the end of a relationship. The band Sweet John actually came initially from a band called Natural Outcome, which was formed in 2011. And when I was doing some research about this band, I was delighted to find out. That not only was the band formed in Tainan, which is where I spent my past three years in Taiwan, I consider it my home here, even though I moved up to Taipei about four months ago. But anyway, the different band members—the vocalist, guitarist, bassist, drummer—they all met at National Chenggong University or Chenggong Dashu, and that's actually where I studied Chinese for two years. It's a beautiful university. As great staff, if you're in Tainan, I would definitely recommend checking out the campus, and I just think that it's really cool that this band was formed there. If you walk around the campus, it's pretty often that you'll see student groups either practicing their dance moves or singing or some other type of performance, and it's just kind of cool to think about that. You know, who knows if one of those groups one day is going to become pretty famous. Now I'm not saying that Sweet John is a band that's known globally or anything like that, but they were nominated in 2018 for the Golden Melody Awards, which are like the Taiwanese Grammys. They were nominated for Band of the Year, which is definitely a very high compliment. Anyway, back to their origin story. 
Uh, they started as a band called Natural Outcome, but eventually, once they graduated from college and entered the workforce, they broke up. Because I don't know, it's pretty stressful making that transition sometimes from being a student your whole life to now being the one who has to be in charge of working every day and making sure that you're paying your bills and everything like that. So it put a lot of pressure on the band. And I'm sure we've all heard this before that making a living as a musician is not the easiest thing to do. So in order to make ends meet, they had to focus more on their jobs. But later on in 2016, they decided to restart their music career with a new band member and formed Sweet John. What I really like about this band is how they mix lots of diverse sounds together, whether it's electric guitar or piano or how they mix their vocals and harmonize. I think it's really cool. I think it has kind of a unique sound to it. The song that I played at the very beginning, you'll hear the full thing later on in this show. But I picked it because I really like how the voices overlap over one another. Now, I'm sure you're dying to hear more of their music. So the next song I'm going to play is called Angelina. You'll see what I was saying here before about how they really try to incorporate a wide variety of instruments. I like how about halfway through the song, it kind of picks up a notch and they start adding in electric guitar. And even though obviously it's the same song, it gives it kind of a new feel, but I feel like it blends really well together. So here's Angelina.
So that was Angelina. Now it's kind of interesting. You probably noticed that there's a little bit of a mix of some English lyrics in this song. Like when they say around me, you could be, you could be. And this idea of feeling someone's presence around you, even when they're not there, is also expressed in Chinese throughout the song. Along with this question that probably most people have faced after any sort of breakup is, do I miss you or not? So it sounds that by asking this question that this person is not completely over the person that they loved and that they lost, but that can also be something that's a bit hard to admit. Now in the next set, I'm going to play two songs actually. The first song is called Shizong Renko, which kind of translates to missing people. And I like the interesting electronic beats in this song. And then the song after that you're going to hear is Dear, which is like dear as in sweet or sort of how you start a letter to someone, not like the animal. And this is the song that you heard a little bit of at the very beginning of the show, which I really like with the layers of the different voices in the beginning. So take a listen to both these songs and I'll talk a little bit more about them after. Thank you. 
All right, so we're back. And of those last two songs that you heard, the first one again was 失踪人口, which means missing people. And it talks about not being able to sleep because there's something on your mind, something you want to say, something going over in your head, like this sense of regret, you know, maybe in terms of a relationship that didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to. But at the end, they say, you need to kind of give yourself a deadline, a deadline to say, you know what, I'm not going to cry about this anymore. It's a new day. It's time to move forward and be doing this for myself on my own. So sometimes we just have to face the fact that people in our life will come and go. And this is not always something that we can control. And we have to be able to find the strength to move forward. With the song After That Dear, I really like how they alternate with the male and female voice. And this song is also about trying to let go of someone that you love, but is not a part of your life anymore. And finally coming to the conclusion that I think I'm starting to not remember you, but seeing this kind of in a happy way. You know, I think sometimes we think with memories, oh, we want to hold on to this person forever. But sometimes when it comes to moving on with our future, it's best to push some of these memories to the side because if you live too much in the past, you can't enjoy the present or make plans for the future. Anyway, the last song that I'm going to end off on is 降雨几率, which means the chance of rain. This song is a little more slow in the beginning. It does build up as do many of Sweet John's songs, and it talks about finding happiness and beauty in the rain. Anyway, I've realized that Sweet John has so much good music that I really want to share. It doesn't fit all into one program. So next week, I will be featuring more of their songs. So you have that to look forward to on the next episode of Behind the Beats with me, Emma Banak. See you next week.
Thank you for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International, Taiwan's national broadcaster. We hope you enjoyed our programs. You can catch all of our latest news, audio, and video features on our website at en.rti.org.tw. Again, go to our website en.rti.org.tw for engaging news, videos, and programs about Taiwan. If you like to hang out on social media, RTI is there too. Our Facebook URL is Radio Taiwan International. And you can watch our engaging video features, including the weekly news magazine program Taiwan Insider, on our YouTube channel, RTI English. Again, our YouTube channel is RTI English. For those who enjoy the Twitter sphere, our handle for Taiwan Insider is at Taiwan Insider. For RTI English, it's at Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. And if you'd like to enjoy us on your smartphone, just download our app RTI to go. That's one of the best ways to enjoy all our news, videos, and programs. That's RTI to go. If you're a shortwave listener, we have two channels in Asia. For South Asia, tune into 6100 kilohertz from 1600 to 1700 UTC. To Southeast Asia, you can hear us on 15320 kilohertz from 0300 to 0400 UTC. We would love to know what you think of our programs. Email us at english at rti.org.tw. Thank you again for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International. Music